0: You're listening to the What's Happening in Christmas Lighting podcast with David Henry. He'll be giving you tips, tricks, ideas, news on new gear, but most importantly, help you make a great Christmas light show. Welcome to the second episode of What's Happening in Christmas Lighting. In this episode, we'll talk about what pixels are, what are the differences between pixels and regular Christmas lights? We'll look at the different shapes and types of pixels you get and how to control pixels. We'll also talk about a brand new product in the Christmas lighting industry that will make your life so much easier. And that is a electric pixel pusher. And now, over to David.
1: Alright guys, and we're back too. What is happening? What in the world is happening in Christmas lighting? No, no, really, it's what's happening in Christmas lighting. I'm your host, David Henry, here from learnchristmaslighting.com. Some of you people may have found me from learnstagelighting.com or, you know, whoever else knows where you might find me. Um, Regardless, uh, what we do here, guys, is if you're new, we talk about uh, topics. So we do a little teaching want to teach you, especially if you're new to this Christmas lighting hobby, the kind of things that you need to know in order to get started and the kind of knowledge that's really going to help you. Uh, so you can listen to this while you're you know, out for a walk, while you're exercising, while you're driving, and learn a little bit more about this hobby, about the things that are in it. If you're uh, at the time of this recording, maybe you're thinking about doing a show next year. Maybe you're thinking about doing a show this year and you want a little more info, a little more data. Uh, this, is, this is what we're going to do. We're going to help you. We're going to give you that info so that you can make the best decisions uh, for what you need to do. Uh, we do have a free guide as well, actually, over at LearnChristmasLighting.com, right on the homepage. Into your email, download our free guide. It's going to walk you through the four things I really wish I knew before I started with Christmas lighting. And that's also, though, different information here. Uh, that's kind of the premise of the show as well. Because every year I see people, and I did this too. I did this too when I started. They go and they buy a bunch of stuff to in order to make a Christmas light show. And then they get into it. And they start figuring out what to do and they, they, you know, really get engaged. Maybe they take a course uh, like our courses inside the Lawrence Mills Lighting Academy uh, or otherwise, and they, they then go and realize, you know, months into it or whatnot, uh, they go, oh my goodness, I bought some of this stuff with stuff I completely don't need, some of this stuff was was uh, maybe stuff I could use, but not really the right thing. And some of the stuff I'm begrudgingly using, but it's really not the right fit for my show. And some of it, of course, is, you know, the right fit. Uh, and so our goal here is to make sure, like, if you go and, and buy something for your Christmas light show, okay, if you go ahead and do that, how do you know you're getting the right thing? How do you know you're getting something that's going to work? And not only just work, but be easy to integrate with your show because at the end of the day like with these christmas light shows and with x lights and different hardware options that are out there you literally can can literally put almost anything in your christmas light show and when i say anything i mean anything like there are products out there that enable you to turn on and off power to items so now you could literally make your inflatables inflate during one song and deflate in the next right you can get fog machines you can get there's there's so much bubble machines there are like there's so many things you you literally with x lights and all the capabilities and all the hardware options out there there's not a lot of things that you you can't find a way to control, but we want this to be simple, especially if you're starting. We want this to be easy. We want this to not be a pain in the butt because we all know if you get into this, if you get into this hobby in your first year and it's a complete pain in the butt, then you're not going to do it again. And you're going to be one of those people who say, okay, I did it one year or I tried to get started and I got way over my head and and, and then I uh, and then I quit. And, and you go and try to sell all your stuff. And that's, that stinks because now you just spent all this time only to get a bad taste in your mouth and, and not really accomplish something. Whereas if we do things the right way, and this is what I'm so passionate about. I know I'm starting to talk a little bit too fast. That's how I know I'm getting excited. Uh, if we do things the right way, you now are building something. You start your first year and you continue to do it for many, many years of a hobby that you're going to enjoy, that your family's going to enjoy, that your friends and neighbors and community members are going to enjoy, where you can bring uh, Christmas spirit, whatever that means to you. In my case, um, you know, I'm a Christian and I, I do believe that Jesus is the reason for the season. I do believe Jesus came to earth and died, but that's not really what we're talking about here, um, though it's, I believe it. Uh, and, and and that's something that we get to share with people at Christmas time, because guess what? Christmas is about Jesus. Uh, and I know I've never said that in my videos or anything, because I, I, I tend to steer completely technical uh, and just, you know, on the hobby at large. But the fact is, um, Christmas didn't come out of nowhere, right? It is the Christmas holiday, no matter what you say. Um, it happens in December, and it is a, it is around Christmas, which is when Christ came to Earth. It's it's about Jesus. Uh, so whether you believe in Jesus or not, like you can't ignore that fact that Christmas is about Jesus. Uh, so anyway, I'm sorry, I'm getting way off track. So today, first thing I want to talk about, teaching segment, what are pixels? Hmm. How are they different from regular Christmas lights? Good question. Regular Christmas lights, uh, to start there, right? You Everybody's got them. Everybody's used them before. You had them as kids, right? You you get a string of lights. They, they get all tangly, um, but you untangle them, and they could be, you know, regular mini lights, icicles, the larger, like, C9 bulbs. Uh, they could be mini shapes, but you got a string of them, and you plug them into the wall, and they turn on, right? You may have strings of them. That have some kind of built-in animation to them and you know sure you can go to the store and get pixel type bulbs as well now too that might have a little remote with different patterns on them and they change they change colors and have different patterns and, and all that jazz yeah y- you can get that but pixels are different from regular Christmas lights in that um and and, and they kind of they do overlap nowadays you know in the store with the fact that you can buy pixels like the GE color effects and now there's so many off brands of pixelated Christmas lights that aren't like fully controllable, um, that you're not going to plug into and and use with X lights, at least not easily. There's a couple things that are special about pixels because they're a light. They're typically low voltage. So they're five volt or 12 volt pixels, sometimes 24. And inside that light, there are three colors that can light up. There is red, there's green, there's blue. There can be ones that also have white a fourth color uh, to help you make better whites, but most of more 99% of what you're going to see out there is red, green, blue. That's why you hear people call them RGB pixels. Okay. Now when you have red, green and blue, if if this is new to you, then you're going to learn something about the world around you. Uh, When you have red, green and blue in a light, okay, you're able to mix generally roughly, you know, like 16 million different colors. AKA, with just red, green, and blue, you can make a lot of colors, okay? Uh, can you make a good brown? No, but, <laughs> but there's a lot of colors you can make, and most modern stage lights, just like these Christmas light pixels, work off that same philosophy. They have red, green, and blue, sometimes other colors, uh, in order to get higher color quality. But the basis is red, green, and blue, and you're able to make most colors, okay, that you want to make with that. You can make a lot with it. And so each light has a red, green, and blue LED in it so that you can mix these different colors together by sending them information. And then the second key with a pixel is that there's a whole string of these things and they can all do their own thing it's not like the whole string does the same thing. Like if you took some old style Christmas lights and you plug them into a dimmer where you could dim them up and down and twinkle them and all that stuff as a whole string, this is every individual light is able to work independently, which explodes the amount of creative possibilities that you can do. Because now you're not like, Oh, let me arrange my strands this way so that, you know, I can kind of do this blinking and that. blinking. it's like, no, no, no. It's, Every light, no matter what you do, is individually controllable. That then begs the question, wow, now I've got 5,000 lights. They each have three colors. How in the world am I ever going to control that many lights and and give them information to to make things happen? Well, the way you're going to do it is uh, we're going to do something called pixel mapping. In software like X lights okay and and what that means is you basically have like a video screen you put your lights on it where they might be and then effects play and videos play across those lights so now you don't have to worry about your 5,000 different lights times three colors and controlling them all individually you're never gonna do that um, that would that just wouldn't work it'd be too difficult um, it, it, you'd spend your whole life trying to do like two seconds of music Okay, um, and so that's what makes pixels special. Now on the technical level, uh, one thing that's really cool about them is they're what's called self-addressing. So I came from the stage lighting world, worked at stage lights a lot, and I was introduced with pixels in stage lighting. But when you use uh, DMX lights, like the moving heads and stuff, you do something called entering an address into that light, which basically you tell the light, hey, you're, I'm address number this, and it's, it's a range. You enter the, the address that it starts at, and then it, it uses a certain number of channels, okay? Uh, with pixels, you don't have to do that, and, and it's really cool just because um, then what you get to do is you uh, you just plug them into your pixel controller. The pixel controller is outputting a certain range of channels or universes, or it depends kind of what protocol you're using, Um and, and I don't want to get that, that technical right here, okay, um, but you, you plug it in. And the first pixel takes the first three channels of information, keeps it for itself and passes the rest on the next pixel takes the first three that's left, which is three less than there were before takes those uses that information passes the rest on. And so in this beautiful and really cool way, um, the lights actually address themselves. There's no way like no how to like wire into the light or hook them up into a computer and assign specific lights, uh, specific addresses. It, it, it all happens at the controller, which is really stinking cool. Um, And so that, in a nutshell, is what pixels are. Now, there's a lot of shapes of pixels, okay? Let's talk about that for a minute. So the the pixel itself and the microchip that runs them in this hobby is most commonly the WS-2811, okay? Or if it's in different form factors, it can be a 2812, a 2813, and then there's some of these 28 whatever, whatever, that have like a B after them. These all speak the same language. There's just some different form factors of the microchip um, between those different versions. Okay. These are the most common pixels that you're going to see in Christmas lighting. And so if you're out there looking at pixels, like if you look at somewhere like Amazon, which is not the best place to buy pixels by any means, um, you're going to end up with something that's not as good and costs just as much or more, but, um, you might see different types of pixels. There's, there are, A lot, I think hundreds of different protocols of pixels out there, okay? Um, And as we move forward in this hobby, the three-wire WS2811, it's a three-wire pixel. It uses three wires, two for power, one for data, okay? Um, These are the type of pixels that in this hobby you want to go with because the companies making the controllers have now stopped supporting all those other types of pixels because they just haven't taken off in this hobby. Like if you go architecturally, you look at a big building with pixels on it or a bridge or something. uh, Sometimes, oftentimes, actually, they use different pixel protocols than what we use in Christmas lighting. And the reason for that is that there can be some strengths in uh, the total length you can run that everything can stay in time. Um uh, with some of these other protocols a little bit better. And they're just a little bit more effective for that. And so while other industries use pixels and make pixels with, there can be different microchips that determine what the channels are and stuff, um, and how they, they speak to a controller. Uh, if you are doing Christmas lighting, you really want to stick to the WS2811 type. Okay. Because those are the ones that all the modern controllers in this industry that support the the easiest configuration, those ones are the WS twenty eight eleven. Anybody that's a vendor in the Christmas lighting space, at least if they're good um, and they're selling to the Christmas hobby, like they're pretty much only going to sell WS twenty eight eleven. And if they do sell something that's like a really obscure shape pixel or something like that. Um, they're going to let you know if it's a different type so that you can be aware if your controller supports it or not. And that's really important. Um, so do do be aware of that. Uh, that. That's important to know. And then in terms of shapes, um, there are pixel nodes. These are the most common. These are what you're going to see on all our videos and stuff. There are square pixel nodes, a little bit different, a lot less popular. And honestly, I've seen them wane in popularity. I don't think there's really an advantage to them um, over the regular node pixels. Like, At certain spacings, if you do like a three inch spacing with them, they can lie a little bit flatter uh, if they're up against your house, but that's really, really, really nuanced. Um, And so, and so, you know, that's, that's something to know. Um, And, and so uh, shape wise though, uh, there are lots of different types of pixel shapes. In fact, really the only determinant of what shapes a pixel can be, what form factor they can be. Is can the LEDs run off of the chip at the voltage required? Like, like that's really it. So you're going to see if you go out there, all sorts of different pixel types. Uh, like there are floodlights, that's kind of an out there type. But there's also like icicle tubes that you can get. I've got some on my house. They're great. There are larger pixels. There's pixels with like big diffusers around them. So they're like a big ball. Um, They're diamond pixels. There's permanently installed stuff uh, like the Matos Designs uh, RGB trim. Awesome system. Um, And there's a a lot of of stuff there. So be aware of that. Um, Choose the right stuff. And to just make sure whatever you get is going to be compatible with the Christmas market or else you might end up using a really obscure controller and, and kind of having to, you know, work around the system and, and have a more difficult configuration than than you could have. Um, so we, we don't want you to have a more difficult configuration than you could have, you know. Um, so all that to say, all that to say. Um, thank you guys for listening. I want to talk about some new products that I've seen in Christmas lighting. This new product that I'm gonna talk about today, this new type of thing that's in the hobby, has really just like shown up in in the last month or two. Kind of took me by surprise. I'd never heard of the concept before, and then I started seeing these things everywhere. Um, so it is an electric pixel pusher. Um, they are at yourpixelstore.com right now. There are other places that, that have them. There's a guy named Bob who's, uh, who's selling them on, uh, on, on Facebook just through some of the groups and stuff. Um, and this is a trend that I think we're going to see more people using. it. So when, when you get your Christmas light pixels, and if you've been around the block in this hobby, you already know this. Uh, most of the time you punch them into props that define their shape. And one of those props that's very popular are these strips. They make up the, the mega trees, uh, basically the big cone-looking trees that, that play video on them. Uh, they can also make house outlines, things like that, uh, these mounting strips. And to push the pixels into the strip, it it takes some work. Like, it's something I do in front of the TV. You know, it just kind of keeps my hands busy and, uh, and uh, you know, at the end of the day or whatever. And I don't mind it too much, but if you're going to do a lot of pixels, it is kind of a pain in the butt. Uh, and some places you can buy pre-pushed pixels and I've known about these for a while and I think they all use electric pixel pushers. I can't imagine they've got, you know, their grandmother sitting in the back pushing pixels or something. Um, but, um, but, uh, you know, these are an interesting tool because they literally, most of them that I see here use an air compressor. So they sell you the tool. Um, like for example, the your pixel store one is listed at $199. It says it's on sale for 162.50, uh, whatever that means. And uh, at the time of this recording, and and it is a uh, a machine that basically actuates down, you know, pushes down the pixel, and they have a foot pedal that operates it. And so I assume you push the foot pedal, and then uh, the pixel comes down. And and as noted, um, it. It's, it's really cool because they sell you this, and then you just go get an air compressor. And so, like, if you go – oh, goodness. I mean, everything's gotten more expensive, right, over the past year. So let me just go to Harbor Freight quick. And and all you need is an air compressor with a regulator. So say you get an air compressor kit, like an entry-level air compressor kit right now. is 80 bucks. They used to be cheaper. They used, there used to be, like, an air compressor that you could get for, like, 30 bucks, and then you could get the rest of the stuff for, like – 20 bucks um but you know everything's gotten more expensive in the past few years yeah it looks like at harbor freight right now the cheapest one is 70 bucks and then you got to get some accessories so actually their a little kit uh a central pneumatic airbrush compressor kit uh, which might work is uh only 90 bucks so uh, so you need an air compressor basically that has a regulator and most of the time you buy one and it's part of your hose Maybe you buy a hose to extend it so that it's not loud so you can stick it outside or in the next room or whatever, you know, or outside your garage or whatever. And then you push the foot pedal and these things push down. And uh, I've seen some video of these. i got to tell you, my they're definitely a time saver. So what they basically do is you sit your strip, you can slide your strip through the bottom, right? And then you have a little tool that basically looks like if you took your two fingers in like a, a really tight V... And then you could stick the pixel in there. That's what this little tool is. This little piece of metal um, or plastic. I think it's metal. And so the it kind of the pixel kind of slots into there, and then you stick it under the pixel pusher. The pixel pusher pushes down on that metal piece, uh, which then pushes the pixel into the media. Okay, and that's how these 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 seem to generally work. I've never tried one. Um, it looks like the kind of thing. Um, if I bought one of these, I'd probably start to try to add too many pixels to my show. That could be problematic. <laughs> but it's the kind of thing that, uh, definitely works well for strips. I'm curious because I haven't seen a lot of people using them or seeing use cases, how well they would work for a matrix because you would start to the, basically it kind of looks like a drill press or something. So there's a back to it, like there's a stand to it. And, and I would think your matrix would run into that after a couple of rows. Um, but for the strips, it definitely would work. It, it kind of looks like a tool though. I don't know, for me at least, where I just hurt myself with it. (laughs) Let's be honest. Um, I don't know how hard it pushes, but I feel like I'd get my finger in there accidentally. I'd be going to town and grooving to some music or listening to a podcast like this. And I totally smashed my finger. Um, Just like as an example, I, uh, you know, I used to uh, solder a decent amount. And I mean I still do occasionally, but with like audio video stuff and connectors and whatnot. And, you know, I'm the guy who's soldering along in the groove doing a great job. And, you know, my forehead starts itching. Right. So what do I do? Well, the soldering gun his the soldering iron rather has, you know, become like a second hand to me. And so I just reach up with the soldering iron tip and scratch my head, right? No, because it burns you. Um, and so I feel like I would hurt myself with one of these, but uh, pretty cool innovation. I'm always glad to see people coming out with those. I don't know where he's getting his from, if somebody else is making them, if it's that Bob guy or whatever, but uh, pretty cool. Something to be aware of if you're going to do a lot of pixels uh, so that you can get the most out of your hobby uh, so that you can have the less the more stress-free, the less stress I can't talk that you possibly can. So with that, guys, I'm going to wrap this up because clearly I cannot talk anymore. (laughs) Clearly I am just out of words. Uh, With that, guys, thanks so much for being here today. Really appreciate all of you. I hope you're having a great day. And, uh, you know, if you liked this, uh, could could you share it with somebody? If you know anybody else in the hobby or any of the groups, go ahead and uh, share this and be like, hey, I learned something today, or I enjoyed this, or this guy's a goofball and he doesn't have anything good to say, but, you know, hey, I want to share it because he's nice. That would would be cool. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, Thanks so much for watching our videos, of course, on YouTube, Learn Christmas Lighting and everything else we do. And until next time, I'm David Henry from LearnChristmasLighting.com. Merry Christmas.
0: Thank you for listening to the What's Happening in Christmas Lighting podcast with David Henry. If you are interested in our domino beam or any other Christmas lighting equipment, please visit our Christmas lighting store at store.learnchristmaslighting.com If you enjoyed this podcast, please listen to our other episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Podcasts. Don't forget to grab our free guide to begin with Christmas lighting on learnchristmaslighting.com Learn Christmas Lighting Helping you bring the fun back in Christmas lighting.